the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you kick off another Al Gatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970. The answer, little Iron Maiden, number of the beast. Actually, this is Run to the Hills, but we'll get to that in just a second. We got a fantastic show for you tonight. We got news and notes to get to, and of course, a guest that's going to join me a little bit later this hour. But first, how can you follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertg at nycradio.com. We're on iTunes as well. All the shows are on there. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio, Hopped Up Network, hoppedupnetwork.com. You can download and listen to the show whenever you want. So, coming up in 20 minutes, Rob Van Denable. He's the co-founder of Massachusetts Brewing Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. We're going to talk about what breweries can do to be more sustainable, as well as how consumers of beer to be more environmentally mindful. That's going to happen in about 20 minutes from now. Of course, Earth Day comes up in April. Uh, but I wanted to get Rob on. This It was a great conversation we had a couple weeks back uh, discussing these things. And I think it's really important on both ends of it, when it, whether it's from the brewers themselves to be more environmentally conscious. And they are. Let's not, let's not get carried away here that they're you know a lot of waste. Um, but also... To the consumer itself, what can you do as a consumer of craft beer to help out the environment? And that's going to happen in 20 minutes from now. Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, the third studio album by this band, came out on March the 22nd of this past week, 1982. I was but a young pup of 12 years old in sixth grade. And I remember this album because I remember listening to it over at my best friend Mark's house. And it was the first album to feature vocalist Bruce Dickinson, last album with their drummer Clive Burr. And as everyone knows, Paul Diano was the original vocalist of Iron Maiden, who some may say is probably the, the, the real core of Iron Maiden, you know. But uh, this was the first one with Bruce, and, and the band took off from here, and Bruce's voice is just amazing. And obviously Bruce's voice and Diano's voice, two entirely different voices. But uh, what a great album, and I remember listening to this at my best friend Mark's house, and we were both just like, oh, yeah, this is great. But remember, only their third album in 1982. It's pretty remarkable. Um, it, it, they're a great band. Uh, if you, I, I've seen Maiden a bunch of times before. 
Although the last time I saw them, I wasn't happy about them because what they do in concerts, they do a lot of their newer stuff as opposed to the old stuff. Judas Priest has it right. They play a couple of new songs, and then they dive into the old catalog and bounce around from year to year, and that's what's awesome. But, eh, you know, go figure. Anyway, uh, let's get into some news and notes here. Talea Beer has finally opened their brewery and tap room in Brooklyn. This is the only exclusively women and veteran-owned founded production brewery and tap room in New York City. Now, I've had some stuff from Talea. I had it at the uh, uh, New York City Beer Fest, uh, the kickoff to New York City Beer Week a couple of years ago. Excellent beer. Obviously, there wasn't a beer fest last year. There was a virtual one this year. So this was this is going back two years in 2019 that they had been trying to get this open. They were only founded the year before that in 2018. Tara Hankinson, uh, Navy veteran Leanne Darling, it's a culmination of their love for craft beer and their passion to create an approachable, inclusive beer company. They've got some very fruit-flavored uh, um, forward flavors, low bitterness, uh, raspberry, mango, guava, passion fruit, and citrus. They have a ca- It's a cafe by day. It's a tap room by night. Uh, uh, offers partners coffee, uh, pilot kombucha, pastries from uh, Bien Cute, beer flights, beer cocktails, guided tastings, and light bites like cheese and charcuterie plates. This is a place I definitely want to check out. Talea Beer, T-A-L-E-A Beer.com slash home for more information on Talea Beer. have to check them out. I was trying to get them on the show. Um, we had kind of played a uh, kind of message tag on Instagram, never got them on. So maybe I got to make an appearance there and, um, you know, introduce myself again and see if we can get them on and maybe bring the wife there and we can have a little, uh, little bit of some different beers and some cheese and charcuterie plates. I love a short, good, a good charcuterie and cheese plate with some great beer or even some wine. Oh, that's a good night. Speaking of wine, California winery is offering a wine lover's dream job. Listen to this. Murphy Good Winery is offering one lucky person a chance to live among the grapevines for a year-long residency. For the first few months, the new hire will shadow winemakers to discover what part of the process they're interested in. From there, they're freed up to let their own passions drive their time at the winery. And get this, you're going to get paid on top of learning about wine. Pretty, pretty cool. So you want to check out the Murphy Good Winery website uh, for more information on that. If you want, if they had a craft beer one. Let me tell you something. At like a big bro, like let's say Firestone Walker decided to do something like this out in Paso Robles, California. I'd be on the first flight out there. Speaking of Firestone Walker, they have doubled down on their runway mine haze phenomenon. Their double mine haze. It's the brewery's juiciest, fruitiest, haziest IPA ever. It's rolling out to all Firestone Walker uh, markets in six packs of 12 ounce cans, 19.2 ounce single serve cans. So they're going with the stovepipe and draft formats. Uh, it is the first extension of Firestone Walker's best-selling Mine Haze Hazy IPA, which was launched uh, back in 2019. Clocks in at 8.3%. So kudos to the good folks from Firestone Walker. Our good friends over at Founders have announced that Hazy IPA will be the 17th release in the Taproom Mothership series. This is a straightforward Hazy IPA. It's got an ABV of 8.2. It's going to be available in six packs of 12-ounce bottles exclusively in the brewery's Grand Rapids and Detroit Tap Rooms locations on April 20th. Hazy IPA will have a retail price of $12 a six-pack. There is no word um, if this is going to be out to the rest of the general public, but I am certainly going to uh, want to dive into this one uh, because, again, hazies are all the craze, and now all of a sudden a lot of the national breweries are really starting to jump on this. Uh, a lot of the local stuff is really, really good, but look at the see founders take on a hazy IPA as part of their Mothership series. And then uh, finally, from Ghost Fish Brewing, 
Uh, they are based out of Seattle. They are the largest volume producer of 100% dedicated gluten-free beer. Uh, they have announced a distribution uh, in Montana with George's Distributing. Uh, so they are uh, they're going to be uh, distributing in Montana. Uh, Brian Thiel, the managing owner and co-founder of Go- Ghostfish Brewing Company, says, To this day, we don't take no, no for an answer on a daily basis. We continue to push the boundaries of what gluten-free beer is. Of all the states in the United States, those living in Montana have been the most vocal and persistent in getting Ghostfish there. He is excited to finally get it to answer an astounding yes to fans across the state. They're thrilled to partner with George's Distributing to bring Ghostfish beer throughout all four corners of the state. Uh, this happened... Uh, just a couple of days ago that they started distributing their offerings of Ghostfish's seven flagship beers, Grapefruit IPA, Vanishing Point Pale Ale, Shrouded uh, Summit Belgian White Ale, it's a pretty long name there, Kickstep IPA, Meteor Shower Blonde Ale, Peak Buster Double IPA, uh, Watch Stander Stout, along with seasonal beer releases. It came from the Hazy, Hazy IPA number 6 to retailers throughout Montana. You will eventually be able to find the beers by using their local um, beer code. So uh, this is pretty cool. Ghost Fish Beer. And let's do a little, uh, I'm going to do a little search here real quick while uh, we have some time. And find out, uh, these guys. so these guys are located in Seattle, but they do have a number of locations. And, I, of course, I have a friend who is a, a gluten intolerant, so she can't drink beer. And not that she's a big beer drinker to begin with, but she can't really um, have a beer. So let's see. They ship, yes, I'm 21 or older, please. Uh, I, I, I hate when they ask for these age verification things. But anyway, um, yes, I accept. Go ahead. Yeah, get, get us in there. Okay, great. Um, so they ship to Washington State, uh, to Washington, D.C., and Ohio. Find a beer near you. Let's see the closest place that they are by. We arrive in new pl- Okay, let's see. Ah, well, listen, look at this. Currently, I hate when these things... Okay, Ghost Fish Brewing, currently distributed in Washington State, Oregon, Idaho, Alaska, Colorado, Utah, Illinois, Indiana, Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, New Jersey, New York, British Columbia in Canada, Alberta, Canada, and the United Kingdom. Well, that is very cool. So I will have to check out where they have Ghost Fish Brewing Company in New Jersey, because I'm sure that my good friend Kim would love one day to try a 100% gluten-free beer. Look, Departed Souls does a great job in Jersey City of their gluten-free beers. They're not 100% gluten-free. So this is very cool. So this is a 100% gluten-free brewing company. Very cool. I have to get more information on them, maybe get them on the program as well. When we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer you can follow me very easily all on the social media networks of Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, and of course, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. That's where you can find me. Find me via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com, iTunes as well, Alexa Ready, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Head over there at the HoppedUpNetwork.com. You can download and listen to this show and a plethora of others at your leisure. Coming up in 10 minutes, Rob Van, uh, Van Denable. He is the co-founder of Massachusetts Brewing Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. We're going to talk about what breweries can do to be more sustainable as well as how consumers of beer can be more environmentally mindful. That happens in just about 10 minutes from now. The album 5150 from Van Halen. Actually, this week in March, two Van Halen albums came out. Van Halen 2. Uh, way back in 1979, and this week in 1986, 5150 came out, which is the first album that Sammy Hagar was the lead vocalist, replacing David Lee Roth. The album hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart, surpassing the band's previous album, 1984, which had peaked at number two behind Michael Jackson's Thriller album, on which Eddie plays on uh, Beat It, right? So uh, this was an album I know, listen, you're either a Hagar fan or a, a David Lee Roth fan, me, I'm a fan of both. I love him. I still love Sammy. You know, I've made no secret of that. He is one of the best and coolest people on the face of the planet. Met Sammy a number of times. Uh, interacted with the band during their Van Halen years in the early '90s, uh, when their third studio album with Sammy's uh, with Sammy uh, on the lead vocals came out. Could not have been more gracious. All of the guys in the band are just absolutely awesome. But there you go. A lot of bands this week. I think uh, later on in Suds and Duds, we're going to play um, a track off of Judas Priest's. Sad Wings of Destiny, because that album came out this week, way back in the 70s. Now, let's dive into beer news. There's lots to get to. So Chicago aldermen are proposing a program that would provide financial relief to local restaurants and bars that were forced to close during the pandemic. An ordinance is expected to be introduced at a city council meeting this week, which would use federal stimulus funds to reimburse liquor license holders for the days they didn't use their liquor licenses because they were closed, right? The refunds would cost around $40 million. Chicago liquor licenses range in cost from $4,400 to $6,600 plus fees for a two-year period. So this is a way to kind of give back to the restaurants. You know, a lot of them had to close in Chicago because of restrictions. I think that this is a smart move. If it passes, we will let you know uh, what happens there. The Sonoma County wine industry says nearly all of its essential vineyard and winery workers have been vaccinated against COVID. Uh, Both the uh, Sonoma County Wine Growers and Vinters Associations declared earlier this week that 95% of their 8,000 regular seasonal workers have received shots after a coordinated effort with community health clinics. State agricultural officials call it a model for the rest of the state in getting the most vulnerable populations vaccinated. Industry officials say it was important to get the production workers vaccinated as soon as possible because most of them live in crowded conditions and share transportation. This is a smart move. This is a way of getting Sonoma back up and running and getting tourism into the area so that people will be spending money on these businesses. Smart move. And maybe it's time to take a trip to uh, to Sonoma to check out wine country. You never know. Uh, Miller Lite, they're offering three candles that smell like your favorite bar. Listen to this. The company says the candles are all supposed to remind people of their favorite place to grab a beer. The three are Dive Bar, Beer Garden, and game day bar. You can buy them online. They cost $20 each. Interesting. I don't know if I would necessarily do that, but okay. 
Uh, staying out in California, uh, back on March 19th, Boonville, California-based Anderson Valley Brewing unveiled ambitious new plans to develop a scenic beer park on their brewing property. The beer park setting spans almost 30 acres throughout the brewery's property. Uh, and and obviously, you've got 30 acres and you're doing a beer garden. That's a pretty big beer garden, right? So Anderson Valley, of course, has been uh, crafting craft beer for over 30 years. Uh, and this is in Northern California in their famed Anderson Valley region. The uh, McGee fal- uh, family purchased the brewery back in December of 2019. So upon their reopening, Anderson Valley will initially focus on refining its great outdoor spaces for visitors. Of course, it's subject to all the different guidelines, state, local, federal, uh, COVID pr- uh, procedures, all that stuff in, p- in place. So as the brewery goes into the summer months, this is what they're planning on doing. A renovated tap room, new lounge lawn seating and rec area, a brand new 9,000 square foot lawn area for beer lounging with Wi-Fi access, bocce courts, cornhole, free range seating with up to 50 colorful Adirondack chairs, welcoming guests to create their own intimate group seating, beer carts and tap stations that will move throughout the property, new seating and picnic areas throughout the property, including a new 3,000 square foot pergola provided covered outdoor seating adjacent to the tap room. It's pretty ambitious. Uh, an improved 18-hole disc golf course, food availability on site, grab-and-go picnic, prepared foods. Um, eventually, they want to put an outdoor pizza oven out there and, and eventually uh, further down the road, a full on-site kitchen, a culinary garden with additional seating, a new outdoor stage for live music, brewery tours and tastings. They've got a ton of stuff that they want to do out here. That is pretty cool. It's a huge place. It's a big brewery. Uh, they're, they're trying to utilize the space as best that they can. And I think this is an ambitious undertaking, but who knows? Uh, I think it'll be successful. So kudos to, uh, kudos to the folks at Anderson Valley, and we wish them much success. Retail alcohol sales are finally dropping for the first time since the pandemic began. According to data from Nielsen, total sales declined 1.9% for the week of March 13th. This time a year ago, alcohol sales shot up by 55% as stay-at-home orders were implemented across the United States. That trend appears to be fading as more restaurants and bars are opening up due to increased vaccination distribution and case numbers are starting to subside. So I wonder. So again, more businesses are opening. People are declining to buy uh, booze online or whatever. They're declining to go into their places to buy booze. Now I wonder why. Is it because people feel like they're drinking too much? They need to dial it back. That could be. Maybe they've been overindulging. They're buying. Uh, booze from their favorite restaurant when they're getting food and they need to kind of cut back a little bit. I get it. Um, so we shall see what happens. Now, I haven't seen that yet with the beer people. Um, I know now I've been kind of cherry picking what I buy in terms of beer um, just because my refrigerator is full and I want to make sure I, you know, start emptying up the uh, emptying out the stuff that I have in there and then, you know, move on to buying some other stuff. But I've noticed I've kind of recently over the last several months said, uh, you know, I, I want to get this release. Maybe not. Maybe I'll get this release. Yeah, okay, I'll get that. Maybe this one. No, I won't. Now, again, um, what does that mean ultimately? I I do think that we're going to see a slowdown. We're seeing it here. Do I think it's going to be a dramatic slowdown? No. I think as more restrictions get loosened, if we don't have this third wave that some are predicting, you're going to see people starting to go back out again, starting to venture out to restaurants. Look, it's getting warmer, right? During the summer last year when places were opened up, people were coming out. People were coming out and spending time outside uh, and eating dinner outside. So I think we're going to see those things ramp up again. I think this is kind of just a, I think this may be just a blip in the radar and we're going to see it go back up again. We shall see. 
Uh, finally, Cape May Brewing, a thrill to announce a collaboration with the Qualified Captain, an Instagram influencer and clothing brand in North, uh, North Carolina. It's a crisp and refreshing Hellas lager called Boat Ramp Champ. The brew will be available in Cape May Brewing Company's tasting room beginning on Friday, April 2nd, uh, with distribution throughout New Jersey and eastern Pennsylvania beginning the following Monday, April 5th, and Delaware distribution to follow at a later date. So the founders of the Qualified Captain, they're originally from South Jersey. It's a brother and sister team, Aaron and Lauren Stasek. They grew up in Shamong Township in Burlington County, uh, but now they're down in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. They founded the Qualified Captain in 2016, gaining followers by posting pictures and videos of some of the most outrageous and hilarious mistakes that occur on the high seas. The name of the beer is called Boat Ramp Champ, and it's inspired by some of the most boneheaded folks one might encounter on the water, and explains Lauren Stasek. A Boat Ramp, ramp Champ is a person who unsuccessfully tries to back their boat into the water or pull their boat from the water. An audience is always there to cheer the Boat Ramp Champ on, even when everything seems to be going wrong. So they decided on a pale Hellas lager, crisp, clean, refreshing, and light, the perfect beverage to complement uh, your fresh catch. Again, uh, distribution throughout New Jersey, eastern Pennsylvania commences on Monday, April 5th. Delaware to follow at a later date. You can get it at the Cape May Tap Room coming up on April the second, for more information on the qualified captain, the qualifiedcaptain.com. Their Instagram page is Instagram.com slash the qualified captain. Very cool stuff from there. Up next, we're going to have my guest, Rob uh, Van Denable, the co founder of Massachusetts Brewing Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer, will join me. And then later on in Suds and Duds, I've got an announcement about the two beers that won the home brewing competition at Source last year. You're not going to want to miss that. And you're, trust me, it's good news all the way around. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's a beautiful day. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, we're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can find the shows there. We're Alexa Ready as well. We're also on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and we are also on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. You can check out my podcast along with the many others that are there that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Now, a beautiful day, but, you know, it is Earth Day is coming up in the month of April. Uh, we're always talking about being environmentally conscious. Um, what can you do to reduce our carbon footprint? Uh, and, you know, in, in, in craft beer, that's no exception. Now, my next guest, he's the co-founder uh, of a website. It helps people find all the cool spots to drink beer in Massachusetts, but also, he is the founder of a site called Eco-Friendly Beer, which provides insights for the brewing industry as well as its consumers on how to be more environmentally mindful. For more information on both, you go to MassBrewBrothers.com for the first website, all about Massachusetts beer. And then for Eco-Friendly Beer, it's Eco-Friendly Beer, and Echo is spelled E-C-O, for the, like the uh, environment, EcoFriendlyBeer.com. Uh, Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM970, The Answer, Rob Vandible. Rob, how are you today? Hi, Al. I'm great. How are you doing? Um, Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. Now, Earth Day is next month, 
And there are lots of things uh, that we can all do to help with the environment. Clearly, the obvious one uh, is to buy and drink local. But for those that don't understand that, why is that so important? Yeah, no, it's a really good point because it is something that people uh, give a lot of lip service to, but not necessarily something that uh, as consumers we probably do as much as we could. Um, So the best way to say it is, I guess, that... um, just like people can rack up a big carbon footprint by, uh, let's say, traveling a lot, um, beer can also rack up a lot of, you know, mileage too, um, because it has to get delivered, and the ingredients for the brewing has to get delivered. So if you think about it, you know, there's this concept in the food industry called food miles, where um, restaurants and consumers really try to cut back on all the traveling that might be done and all delivering. And the same can, you know, work for beer as well. So by choosing a local brewery, now you're eliminating all of the sort of carbon that might be put into the atmosphere by all the deliveries that have to go all over the place. You know, and obviously the further away the beer you're drinking is from where you live, uh, the more that's the case. And clearly, obviously, drinking craft beer on, on, on draft, uh, as opposed to in the can, is the best way to drink beer. But why is it so important to the environment? Yeah, so, I mean, nothing drinks uh, or nothing beats drinking straight from the source. Uh, a couple quick thoughts on that. One is that it's actually the best profit margin for the breweries. So, uh, again, you're supporting your local brewery in the best way you can. But um, it also allows the brewery to transfer its beer when it's finished being brewed into refillable kegs and then served in reusable glassware as opposed to all of the resources that might have to go into packaging beer to put it in the bottles or the cans, not to mention the cardboard uh, that the bottles might get wrapped up in or the cans uh, or the single-use plastic that goes in the top of a lot of the cans these days. Um, and unfortunately, all that packaging, um, we might just think, oh, well, you just recycle it all. But the truth is that, you know, only about 50% of aluminum cans actually get recycled in the U.S. Um, and in plastic, for plastic packaging, it's pretty woeful. It's somewhere in the vicinity of 9 or 10%. And even cardboard, which is sort of the success story, so to speak, uh, that's only even a 68% recycling rate. So. It just prevents all of that unnecessary packaging waste. Well, you know what? I'm going to get to the. Uh, you know what? Let's let's jump into it. We're talking with Rob Vandible. Uh, he's the co-founder of Mass Brew Brothers and also the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. For more info on both, you can go to massbrewbrothers.com. And for Echo Friendly Beer, go to echofriendlybeer.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. So you say that the labels and and the pack tech that breweries use to hold their beer are not recyclable, or in, in maybe this is two different questions, that uh, people don't recycle uh, enough. Is that because cities and towns uh, across the country are not recycling the, the, the products properly, or people just aren't putting it in the recycling container and they're throwing it in with the regular garbage? Yeah, no, it gets sort of complicated, to be honest. So mm-hmm. to some extent, yes, there are issues sometimes with some consumers who just uh, maybe – I can't say they don't know at this point in the game. They probably right. just don't care enough. But there are also special and more, especially in more rural areas, you know, uh, less of a recycling sort of infrastructure. So there may be some places that don't even really offer much recycling. Mm-hmm. But then it's the whole process of um, 
getting all the cans and, and, and getting all the plastic actually to the recycling places and then getting it sorted properly and then from there finding markets for it to be purchased and used again. And if you really dig down deep and start thinking about recycling, it's just nowhere near as efficient a process as we'd like to think it is. And so therefore, uh, it just doesn't really work very well. And, and what's what's see that I mean it's it's interesting. So the let's say I, I mean listen, I buy cans of beer all the time. Uh, some would say, like my wife would say, that I have a problem. But listen, I like to support craft breweries, and I like drinking craft beer. <laughs> Plus, I have a new beer refrigerator in the basement, so I want to keep it full at all times. But my my um, uh, one of the things like I'm always I always have the plastic uh, rings from the breweries. Uh, you know that you know. I'll, I mean, my way of recycling them a lot of times is to package up beer for friends and give them uh, the the plastic bits. But then when I'm done with them and I have all of these leftover, um, you know, pack text to hold the cans, I throw them in with my recycling because I assume that they they can be recycled. They're not recyclable. No. So here's the issue: um, they can't be properly sorted. So again, when you throw something in your recycling bin, that's the beauty of single stream recycling, right? It's convenient. Consumers can throw everything in there. But then when it gets collected by the company that actually takes it to what's called a a recycling facility, right? It's the place where they have to dump the truck into this giant place and sort it all out because plastic is separated from aluminum, which is to be separated from paper, which has to be separated from glass. And even then, those machineries are not necessarily built to do things other than big, obvious plastic things. For example, milk jugs are highly recyclable because they're very, very easy to sort, and so most of those get recycled, as do most um, beverage bottles. But these small, flat, oddly shaped, tangling up type of things like can carriers just can't be sorted by these companies. It's just not feasible or practical for them to do it, it would take immense amounts of money for them to purchase that kind of equipment. And, and you know, those places are being paid by municipalities, which right. have to use their tax dollars for that. So, again, it just doesn't, unfortunately, work. So the, the best thing you can really do is try to find breweries that will actually take back those can carriers. Some breweries, smaller breweries in particular, uh, might take them back, actually sanitize and reuse them, which is great. Mm. Um, but otherwise, it's it's really really tricky to to actually get them recycled. Now, it's something that a lot of people are thinking about and working on, myself included, here in Massachusetts, to try to figure out a way that we might be able to to get that kind of infrastructure set up through breweries themselves, perhaps. Right. I mean, maybe it's a, maybe I mean I hate to say because people scream about taxes, but maybe it's another tax on top of it to pay for. Uh, the recycling part, and obviously that tax money is going to helping the environment, but you try to convince the general public of that, and they scream, well, i got to pay more, and I don't necessarily want to pay more. We're talking with Rob Vandable. He's the co-founder of Mass Brew Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. For more info on both, you go to massbrewbrothers.com, and for Echo Friendly Beer, just head over to uh, echo, E-C-O, friendlybeer.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. What's also interesting, Rob, in, in some of the material you'd forward to me, and I thank you for that, uh, is that breweries, many of them by law, are required to donate their spent grain. And if they can't donate it, what happens? So, again, 
most places are trying, most states are trying to cut back on the amount of solid waste that's being created by consumers and, and then being sent to these giant landfills or having to go for incineration. Uh, because, again, that has a lot of environmental issues and problems with it. So they pass different laws and different bans saying that things that are organic waste, you know, food waste, in other words, that should be used for other purposes other than just going to a landfill. One obvious example is that it can be donated. If it's a spent grain, for example, it can be easily donated to um, farms where they might be able to use it either for composting or for feeding their livestock, or it can be used um, just to go to a place that creates maybe uh, biofuel. So they can take that, and often they take food scraps from restaurants and, and larger, you know, bakeries and places that might have a lot of leftover things. So that's really the best way to do that. And again, it's typically required by law that they, they do that. And it's the right thing to do anyways. So, And what can, Rob, what can we as consumers do uh, to further help the carbon footprint of beer to help the environment? Give me, give me two suggestions that people could do just to help out the carbon footprint. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the the best thing that people could do, honestly, would be to just think about going to your own local brewery a lot more often or picking out and choosing, you know, five or six breweries, if you're lucky enough to have that money, that are, you know, a short distance from you and, and just going there more often and drinking on premises more often. I know that that's been nearly impossible these these past several, you know, this last year, but right. we're getting to the point, hopefully, later this year where people will be able to do that again. And so that's a really good thing to do. If you have a local brewery that offers a growler for takeaway beer, mm-hmm. you know, consider doing that. And again, that might be another motivation to say, I'll keep going back to this brewery. I, I like what they do. I like their beer. And so I'll get refillable growlers whenever I go there. That's another good thing. And the last thing I think I would say is that, you know, look around and pay attention to the different breweries that you can choose Um and see what they're doing. And if they are doing things that fit with the environmentally conscious um, lifestyle that you want to live, then, you know, give your business to those breweries and, and maybe don't give it so much or at all to breweries who don't seem to be paying any attention to that. Some breweries, for example, might be members of um, 1% for the Planet, which is uh, a group that, you know, gives 1% of their profits to this environmental group. There's also B Corp breweries that are sort of um, certified to prove that they're doing everything they can to protect their own workers as well as to protect the environment. Uh, and then lots of breweries these days are doing all sorts of interesting um, environmental or conservation-type special beer releases that support a certain cause or something. So look for those types of things. Um, and then there's some really big ones that the bigger breweries can do. If you know a brewery is using renewable energy, right. uh, that's great. Again, give them your business. That's that's going to make the biggest difference. All of these are great suggestions, Robin. Uh, last question for me. I got about sixty seconds. If someone were to pop over to MassBrewBrothers.com, what info would they glean from that site? Yeah, so if you're uh, either living or visiting the state of Massachusetts, and first off, you want to know, you know. How many breweries are there here? We literally have a listing A to Z of every single brewery in the state. We have a regional map or several regional maps that can tell you exactly where those breweries are and sort of what their format is. Do they have a tap room? Do they have a, you know, outdoor space or whatever? 
And then we do a lot of news. So anytime there's a press release or an interesting news story about the local craft beer scene, uh, you can get that news there. And though it hasn't been that usable for a long time, we do have a calendar so that if you wanted to know what festivals or events were happening in Massachusetts, you could use that too. And again, hopefully we'll have a lot more of that moving forward. Very cool. My guest has been Rob Vandable. He's the co-founder of Mass Brew Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. For more info on both, Go to MassBrewBrothers.com, and for Echo-Friendly Beer, you can head over to Echo, spelled E-C-O, FriendlyBeer.com. Rob, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Much success on both sites, and thanks so much for the knowledge. Thanks so much, Al. Take care. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The unmistakable voice of Rob Halford, lead singer of Judas Priest, as we're here on the final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer, which is usually suds and duds. This week in 1976, this album, Sad Wings of Destiny, was released. And I remember buying this album, you know, a number of years later when I got into Judas Priest. And I remember the cover of it, and it had this, like, kind of fiery, you know, angel on the cover. Uh, and I, all I remember was, I'm like, wow, I love these guys. Just the artwork alone on the albums was enough for me. But then you hear the voice of Rob Halford, and I am completely and utterly uh, blown away. It's just, it, he is just an amazing vocalist. I finally finished his biography I mentioned on a show a couple weeks back. It is amazing. If you're a heavy metal fan, if you're a Rob Halford fan, you have got to read this book. His journey through life is just unbelievable as a as as a lead singer of one of the greatest heavy metal bands in history, and he's gay. It's just amazing. It is really an amazing journey and an amazing book. Uh, you definitely have to check it out. Um, I teased something earlier in the show that we're going to talk about at the end of Suds and Duds, and it has to do with our good friends from Source Brewing, portions of the Algatulo uh, Craft Beer Cast, brought to you by Source Brewing down in uh, Colts Neck, New Jersey, right on uh, Route 34, right next to Delicious Orchards. Get your beer directly from the source. Uh, they are great guys, and we will talk about that in just a second. But I'm running out of time here. It's a short segment. So let me dive into uh, Suds and Duds. Uh, Paragon Tap and Table has done their March Madness again. So I was there uh, last week to uh, as they kicked it off during the opening games. Uh, had from Tom's River Brewing at Wits End a, a nice... Uh, light whip beer to quench the palate. Very, very good. In fact, um, Source got knocked out in the first round. Cypress moved on. Uh, Ludlam, I think Ludlam Brewery has moved into the second round. I'm trying to think who else. I forgot off the top of my head. They did have the uh, they did have the brackets put up. Let me see if I can see this. If I can pull this up real quick um, to give you the brackets here. I was very shocked that um, Source got knocked out. Uh, in the first round. So let's see. Cyprus has moved on. Uh, Ludlam Island has moved on. And Brick City uh, has moved on into the second round. There are still more beers left. If you want to go and check them out, Paragon Tap and Table located right off the Garden State Parkway, uh, exit 135 in uh, Clark, New Jersey. Uh, so uh, I'll get to some of the source beers that I had in just a second. Had Last Wave, 
Uh, morning glass, a really nice sour, not super puckery. A sour that's actually in this competition at Paragon. Very surprising. Patience and Fortitude by Wild East Brewing. Um, got a couple of beers from my buddy Chris uh, over at WCBS, and uh, this is just one of the uh, the four that he had, had given me. I tried one last week, trying another one this week. An outstanding Pilsner, crispy, delicious, really nice beer. Uh, what else here? We had the Stone Sublimely Self-Righteous Black IPA. This They gave me this bottle a, a while ago, at least a month ago, Stone, and thank you for that. Uh, finally got a chance to dive into this. Uh, and it's been a while since I've enjoyed a black IPA. This is a really good beer. Great bite to it. Uh, I love the dark color of it. I, not a lot of places do black IPAs anymore. Um, this is a great black IPA, the way it's meant to be. You know, that bitterness, the dark roastiness of it. it it's a great beer. Uh, really, really good. Thanks to the good friends uh, from Stone for sending me that uh, particular brew. Uh, what else? Had a uh, Naughty Nurse IPA by City Steam Brewery. Uh, the guys from the Rob Dibble Show sent me these beers. Uh, this is uh, Connecticut stuff. And um, uh, to be honest with you, this was a bit too floral for me. The hops were diminished. It could be the age of the can in my fridge. It was an old can. Uh, slightly astringent. It was definitely something I probably should have drank a little bit fresher. So it would be interesting to see uh, getting it fresh from the brewery and see what the difference is in taste. Now, a Connecticut brewery that I've never really been the biggest fan of, but they do some beers very well. This one happens to be no exception. Two Roads. Uh, they're too juicy. It's a solid New England-style IPA. Good flavor, soft, but it's on the palate, but really, really nice. Uh, nice job from the folks at Two Roads. My neighbor, Greg, who has a house up in uh, the Catskills, uh, stopped by Upward Brewing Company um, and because uh, he was up there to get, get his house ready for the season. And uh, the, I, I tried their Hex Volume 1. This is a good hazy. It's a backyard kind of sit-out-and-smell-the-fresh-cut-grass uh, kind of beer. It's not juicy, but it's got the haze for sure. Uh, it, it's definitely something that I would try uh, again. Uh, then had, uh, uh, from alternate ending, You Got Smoked. This is a great Roush beer. If you like smoked beers, really good. Perfect by the fire, maybe some smoked meats. Maybe add it to some smoked meats. It's kind of like a marinade or something. This is a, this is a great beer. Let me tell you about the source beers that I had, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about source. Thought Virus, nice tropical flavor, good pine flavor, very good, excellent um, double IPA. And then um, had the Spring Saison on tap at source, uh, a really nice, light, hoppy beer. That is one that I could drink in the backyard all day, every day with a nice cigar. Now, before we get out of here, I was down at source with my wife the other day to pick up my beers. And I have to tell you, I got a chance to try both Mike Randisi of Orso Ales and Patty's House Ales and Lagers, their, their beers that won the competition, right? Mike's beer won, the Pink Guava beer uh, won, and uh, Patty's Colch came in second. I'm going to tell you something. They're about ready to be canned. Uh, I can't tell you exactly when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen very soon. I will tell you that Mike's beer, to upscale it, it's a it's darker in color than what Mike's was. Mike's was a, a much lighter pinkish type of color. This is more of a, a darker pink. But let me tell you something. I had a taste off of both of them off the tank. Fantastic. Both of them are phenomenal. I cannot wait. And what they did with Mike's canned beer is very, very cool. I will say this. I'm not going to tell you what the title is. I know what the I know what the title is, and I know what the can art is. It's a white can. Think 
Think Spinal Tap. Think Smell the Glove, remember? And the entire album was black. Think that. It's not black. Or think the Beatles' White Album. Let's put it that way. And there's a mystery behind it. You have to figure out what the mystery is. I'm going to leave it at that. Now, what I didn't know, but what I will tell you, is originally they were going to put Patty's Beer on tap. Well, I believe they are, but they're also canning it. So Patty's Beer is also going to be in uh, in cans as well. That's going to be a very limited run. It's not going to be as much as Source normally puts out, but it will be out. And when is it coming out? Very, very soon. So keep your eye on social media. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss these two beers. Both of them are fantastic. And thank you, uh, Phil, for giving me a taste off of both of them off the tank. They were delicious. My wife and I both. My wife even said she could drink the uh, the, the the pink guava one all day, every day. It's fantastic. She wants she wants a case of it. So <laughs> what can you do, right? Uh, folks, we're out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Rob Vandenable, the co-founder of Massachusetts Brewing Brothers and the founder of Echo Friendly Beer. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.